welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning session of Sunday the 1st of March 2009, entitled, Telling Your Testimony, and the Bible reading is taken from Psalm 66, verse 16. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. If you'd like to uh, turn to your Bibles and our verse... This morning that we're going to be uh, looking at is found in Psalm 66 <clears throat> and verse 16. Psalm 66 and verse 16. And uh, the theme of the message this morning is telling your testimony. Okay, telling your testimony. And I want to encourage everybody here. Thank you, Jared. I want to encourage everybody here this morning, whoever you may be. If you're a Christian, that you have a responsibility to tell your testimony. And I want to encourage and challenge you this morning that this is what you will do this year. Okay? And um, I don't know when the last time that you uh, gave your testimony or you told somebody about what the Lord had done for you. When was the last time? Uh, You don't have to put your hands up and, and shout out, but... Maybe you can ask yourself that question this morning. When was the last time that you told somebody about what Jesus Christ had done for you? When was the last time you told them about how he saved you? Was it yesterday? Was it last week, maybe, when we had the outreach on Saturday? Was it last month? Was it last year? Maybe you've never done it before. When was the last time that you told your testimony? Well, I want us to have a look at uh, nine things this morning. Okay, we're not going to be here for nine hours, don't worry. Uh, These are quite short uh, outlines, but I've got nine of them. And uh, we're going to take a a look at what the Bible teaches about telling your testimony. And uh, the first one we find in verse uh, 16, chapter 66 uh, of the Psalms. And we read this. The psalmist says, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. And I want you to just notice uh, the first thing about telling your testimony is that a testimony starts with an invitation. Okay? A testimony starts with an invitation. And if you just look at the beginning of verse 16, we will see the invitation. The psalmist says, come and hear. Okay? Come and hear. And isn't that what we are appealing for people to do when we go on the outreaches? You know, we have the outreaches on the second Saturday every month, and we go into the city centre, we go to the Fox and Goose, we don't stop there. In the evening, we go to a rest home, one of the free rest homes that we, that we uh, visit. And um, we invite at the rest home. Usually, there's about 20 people there. And uh, we are there to tell our testimony, but it starts with an invitation. We're saying to those people on the outreach, in those streets, we're saying to the people at the rest homes, we're saying, come and hear. We're inviting you to come and hear. Okay. That's what we're doing. And isn't it a privilege to be able to do that? You know, we're living in a country where there's so much freedom at this time to be able to invite people to come and hear the gospel. And we should be taking more advantage of those opportunities that we get. I personally believe that we will be responsible for the much that we have got with the Lord. You know, we've been thinking about those uh, 22 Christian missionary families in Afghanistan. Yeah? You know, when they speak to people and they say, come and hear, okay, they are putting their lives on the line. When we say it, you know, sometimes people may not even lift an eyelid. But when they say it, when they even speak to their families, yeah, that's what, that's what in the Bible calls carrying your cross. They're putting their lives on the line. And testimony, telling your testimony, it starts with an invitation. And the psalmist here, he says, come and hear. I wonder how many here this morning can relate 
to, to that. You know, when you first became a Christian, did somebody come up to you? Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was uh, um, somebody who was a member of a congregation and they said to you, come to our church, come to the meeting and hear. You know, I remember um, when I first, just before I became a Christian, I was working uh, in a garage back in, in Lancashire. And um, my friend who used to come into, my, into the garage, I used to do jobs for him on his motorbike. And um, I, was work- I remember I had a car uh, that I was working on. I was underneath the car in the garage. And uh, my friend, he's called Mark, and he came into the garage and um, he invited me to his house to watch a video. And this video was all about the second coming of the Lord. It was about the great white throne judgment, which, you know, these kind of things I've never heard of before in the Bible. But he said to me, he said, Steve, come and hear. Friday night, come and come to my house. We've got a few other people there, a few of his Christian friends, you know. I was a little bit apprehensive. But when he started to speak about these things, I, I got a little bit interested and I wanted to find out a little bit more. So I went on Friday night, and do you know that not many weeks after that, was when I gave my heart to the Lord. And I knew that from what I had heard on that video, I knew it was right. And um, this all started with an invitation. Somebody coming to me and wanting to testify of what the Lord Jesus Christ had done for them. And I heard this through this video and from my friend, and it came through this invitation that he gave. You know, we need to be God's people that give that invitation. We, we need to invite people to come and hear. Why is it important to give that invitation to people to come and hear? Well, the Bible makes it very clear. Uh, just keep your hands, uh, your fingers in uh, Psalm 66. But you know, the Bible makes it very clear that hearing is very important for us to become Christians. Why? Well, Notice in chapter 10 of Romans and verse 13 says this. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? So before we become a Christian, we need to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, you might not have a a tongue this morning in your head. I I believe everybody has here, but people listening to uh, this message... Some people may be dumb. They may not be able to speak. But when it speaks about calling, okay, this comes from within, yeah? It's like a a call that comes within, and we're calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved, okay? And you need to do that. If you're not saved yet, yeah, you're never going to get saved without calling upon the name of the Lord, okay? It doesn't just happen like that. You need to act. You need to... Put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you need to call out to him for salvation. But notice in verse 14, it says, How then shall they call in him in whom they have not believed? Okay. Well, the answer comes shortly. It says, And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So people also, they need to hear before they call on him. And it says, And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? And as we've been singing this morning, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So a testimony starts with an invitation for people to come and to hear. To hear what? To hear what the football, no, to hear the gospel, to hear what Jesus has done. And it starts with an invitation to come and hear. And you know, that's the only way that we're going to believe. That's the only way that we're going to be able to put our faith in Jesus Christ is when we have heard what he's done for us. Secondly, telling your testimony relates to a personal experience, okay? We see this in the second part of uh, verse 16 in the Psalms, chapter 66. The psalmist says, come and hear And then he says, all ye that fear God, and then he says, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. You know, if I had to find a verse in the Bible where it speaks about testifying and the need that that, that, that explains what what it means, this would probably 
be one of the main verses in the Bible. Come and hear, yeah? But then he goes on to say, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. You see, it relates to something personal, something that's happened to us. You know that one of the main questions that goes through the minds of people's uh, thoughts, whether you're young or whether you're old, if you've been challenged to come out onto the outreach or to speak somewhere about the Lord, one of the main questions that first comes to Christians is, what am I going to say? What am I going to say to this person? I don't know much. You know, I don't know how many books are in the Bible. I don't know what's the first book or the last book of the Bible. How am I going to tell this person anything about the Lord? Well, notice what the psalmist says here. He says, I will declare what he hath done for my soul. And if you're a Christian here this morning, God has done something for your soul. He saved it. And you know that you have a testimony in this building this morning. If you are saved, if you're born again, you have a testimony to tell. It relates to a personal experience that you have. So there's no excuses. There's no excuse to say, look, I only became a Christian yesterday or last week. You have a personal experience of salvation. And you know that one of the best ways to start speaking to somebody about the Lord is to tell them what's happened to you. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else can tell an experience uh, personally about what's happened to another. No. When something's happened to you personally, you're the best person to tell that story. What greater testimony. It relates to a personal experience. No excuses. I wonder this morning, have you got a testimony? Has the Lord saved you yet? If he has, wonderful, you have a testimony. If you haven't, friend, you do not have a testimony yet. You cannot testify of salvation. You cannot testify of being born again. It doesn't happen when you're born from your mother. You need to be born spiritually from God. And that can only happen when you realize that you have sinned and Jesus Christ has died on that cross for you. Okay? Thirdly, a testimony should be an everyday duty. Telling your testimony should be an everyday duty. Now, I know that there are days that go by, yeah, and some, some days uh, we, don't, we, we haven't told anybody, okay, but I don't think that there, there'll really be many days that go by where we cannot leave a tract somewhere. Okay, I'm going to mention in a few moments some ways that we can tell our testimonies. But, you know, sometimes we can do it in, in, in other ways. We can do it in quiet ways, okay? Ways that maybe we, we, we don't meet many people or many different people in the daytime. But just notice what it says in Malachi chapter 3. It's the last book of the Old Testament. <clears throat> Malachi chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 16. And we're going to see here what the people of God did all those years back. There's no difference, okay? You can't say that these people lived at a different time and, the, and, and it didn't apply to them. But it says here in verse 16, chapter 3, it says, Then they, this is the people of God, that feared the Lord, spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened, yeah? Or the Lord heard. And he says, and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord. And it says, and that fought upon his name. Do you know that the Lord remembers when we speak about him? And the Bible says here that he remembers it and it's written down in a book before him. You know, I believe that when we get to, to glory and, you know, our eyes are going to be opened, we're, we're going to... We're going to see many things that we've not really thought about before, but I believe there are going to be books up there. There are books that are written. There's a book, there's a Lamb's Book of Life where our names are going to be written in. There's going to be uh, our tears that we shed sometimes are going to be recorded. Our words, but also when we speak of the Lord. The Bible says here that there's a book of remembrance written before him. 
But notice in this verse, it says that those that feared the Lord, it says that they spoke often one to another. Now, this might mean that they spoke one to another to, to their uh, believing brethren, to, to, to the Israelites. Well, I believe that we can apply this also to people who don't know the Lord. It says that they that fear the Lord, it says that they speak often one to another. Yeah, one to another. And I believe that here we have uh, uh, an example of what we need to be like with our testimonies. We need to be speaking one to another. And it says that they, those that feared the Lord, and at the end of the verse it says that those also that fought upon his name. Now I was speaking a few weeks ago uh, to one of the, the sisters in our church about um, a group of uh, Orthodox Jews that um, are in Jerusalem. Do you know that there are some people who have never spoken out, never testified about what the Lord has done for them in their lives? And I heard, um, or I, I read an article, I think it was in the Israel Today magazine, about a group of uh, Orthodox Jews that um, believed, yeah? They, 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 they professed salvation, and, um, but they kept it quiet. Now, I can understand in one way that these people would be a bit fearful because they would be cast out from their families and from their synagogues and from all their friends, and they would be seen as outcasts, okay? Um, but I don't believe it's right. Well, that's just an example that there are people today that will never, even though they have professed salvation, openly testify and speak to other people about what the Lord has done for them. I wonder when was the last time that we as Christians, yeah, those of us who have professed salvation, when was the last time that we spoke to a lost person about their spiritual need, about their soul, their eternal destiny? When was the last time that we ever testified to somebody, a lost person? You know that there are some who have never actually taken the opportunities that come around here within this church. You know, I've been here in this congregation for, for seven years doing outreach. And you know that there are some people that have never actually been on the outreach. Now, I know that there, are, there will be legitimate reasons why. There will be illnesses. There will be people traveling, you know, here or there and everywhere. But seven years? That's a long time. You know? We need to take advantage of the opportunity that we have. You know, this opportunity doesn't come to every church. You know, there are churches that I know of who don't have any outreach program. They don't go out. They don't go onto the streets. They don't hand leaflets out at Christmas. They don't go to rest homes. They don't have that opportunity, but we do. We do. And we need to take advantage of it. I, I, do, I really believe that we will be accountable, even as a church. And as individuals as well. We, if you have a testimony, you have a responsibility to tell it. And it should be an everyday duty. I wonder why, why is it that people keep it quiet? Why is it that we don't, we don't let people know? Well, maybe two of the reasons could be found in verse 16. Maybe it's because we don't really fear the Lord like we should do. Or maybe it's also because we don't really think upon his name. That's what it says here in verse, in verse 16. It says that those that feared the Lord, it says, spake often one to another. And then it goes on to say at the end that those uh, that, that fought upon his name, those that think upon God. If we keep it quiet, yeah, and we keep it to ourselves, we're not really thinking upon others. We're not thinking upon their um, eternal destiny. We're not thinking about their salvation. We're not really um, thinking on his name. Because you know the name of Jesus, you, you do know what it means, don't you? The Bible tells us it means that he shall save. That's what Jesus means, he shall save. 
And every time we speak that word, Jesus, that's what it's meaning. He shall save. But we're never telling anybody. We're never, make, we're never making that effort to tell people about Jesus. When was the last time that we got up and we gave testimony, even here in the church, what God has done for us? The opportunities are there for us, and we need to take them. You know that even the creation, the creation has a, a responsibility, it has a duty every day to give testimony to what God has done. Let me just show you Psalm chapter 19 and verse 1. <clears throat> Psalm 19 and verse 1. And it says here that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. It says in verse 4, their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them have he set a tabernacle for the sun. And we see here really that nobody has an excuse upon the face of this, this earth to not know that there is a God. Yeah? There is not a person who can not know yeah, that, there, that there is a creation. Even if they, they live in uh, deserts or in the jungles, they can look up to the skies, see the stars, see the, the, the sun shining, and know that there is a creator who put them there. And do you know that if the creation has a responsibility to declare the glory of God, how much more do we have? If God has, you know, saved us and we're his children, how much more? You remember when Jesus said that, you know, if, um, he says that if, uh, if, if, if these children uh, don't praise, praise him, praise the Lord, that these stones will cry out. We don't want that to happen, do we? Can you imagine what a stone would sound like? I don't know. But, you know, God has given us a tongue. He's given us his voices. He's given us a heart. He's given us his salvation. And it's our duty to declare what he's done for us. Seven ways to start to be a witness. Okay? Now, there are many more, but I've just uh, jotted down seven here. Okay? The first one, which we've been speaking about this morning is outreach, okay? Outreach. The opportunity is there, yeah? God in his, in his grace has provided the opportunity for us as a church to go and to do outreach, to be a witness for him, to hand out leaflets, okay? And to, to, to go to the rest homes. He's opened up those doors for us, I believe. And he's given us those opportunities. There are other opportunities that we'll get throughout the year, Okay? Maybe Easter or Christmas to, to go on to the doors, to hand out leaflets. There are many different ways, okay? Um, so we, we're no excuse. Outreach is the first one. Second one is a badge. Now, sometimes it might be difficult at work to just come out with it and say, well, do, you know that I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian this many years. It can start with a badge, just a little something on the badge. I'm, I think it was um, Scott who bought a badge from... Tim, I think it said, sing unto the Lord, didn't it? That's a witness. Yeah, people see the badge, they want to know what it says straight away. You know, how many of us wear our football shirts? You know, how many of us are advertising our football teams? What about wearing a badge? Maybe a little small thing that goes on, on the lapel at work, on your, on your jacket. That's good, that, that's a witness. People will see it. And they may not just straight away speak about it, but there's something planted in here. And you never know, when you get alone with that person, he might just say to you, why do you wear that badge on there? What, what does it mean? And then you've got a way, you've got a, an opening to tell them. Thirdly, what about tracked a washroom, okay? Now, we all go to Asda's and Tesco's and places like that. Now, how many washrooms do we, do we go into? And we could just look, put a little tract, yeah, in there somewhere, Okay. I do that quite often. I, I won't tell you which store it is, but I, I quite often go in there, and I'd imagine that the cleaner who goes around probably is probably a Christian by now. Well, at least he's, he's heard the gospel message if he's read it. But you know, these are opportunities we have. Tractor washroom. What about one of these? I don't know if you've ever thought about doing this, but 
This is something I did uh, one or two years back. Create a leaflet with your testimony on it. Yeah? I don't know if you've got a publisher on your computer, but just why don't you just jot down your testimony and uh, make it short enough just to put on an, a, a, an A4 piece of paper and put it on different divisions here. Okay. Uh, it was... Um, um, it was Peter's, uh, one of Peter's sons that actually did this for me, okay? But uh, I just wrote down my testimony, and you know, every outreach that we go on, I've been able to give, uh, every time we go on outreach, I usually give at least about 40 or 50 of these out. And every time we have an outreach, I have to get 50 more copied out. Just put your number at the back of it, telephone number. Maybe your mobile number, if you don't want them to know your address, okay? And you just never know. One day, somebody might just call you up in your mobile and say, look, I read that track that you gave out when you gave your testimony on it, and you know that that changed my life. What an encouragement that would be to you if, if you could do that. That's just another example. What about screensavers? This is one I learned from Andrew, actually, a few weeks ago. You might work in an office, okay, with loads of people, and uh, you might just feel that it's out of place just to get up and start preaching to people. But why not just, on your computer, just put a screensaver on there? I don't know what it could be. It could be a verse from the Bible. It could be a picture of some missionaries. Okay? It could be some people that you're praying for. Uh, it could be anything on a screensaver. And when you go out of the room, yeah, I'm sure that somebody will come and just knock your, your, your mouse and just, what does that say? Yeah, it's on the screen. What about Facebook for you young ones and you, you older ones as well? I don't know if... Uh, they have to have a Christian website where you can put your testimony on. Um, okay. Maybe there is. Uh, what about number seven, the last one? Keep tracts in your wallet, yeah? Sometimes uh, we can forget to take tracts with us, but if you take your wallet or your purse or your bag with you all the time, whenever you go out, why don't you just remember just to put a tract in there, Okay. And uh, maybe the Lord will just remind you when you're out somewhere just to, to leave that track somewhere. Okay? Those are just seven examples of everyday testifying for the Lord. You know, um, telling your testimony also, it recounts God's blessings. Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 7. Isaiah 63 and verse 7. If we are a thankful people for what God has done for us, we're going to tell it out. We're going, to, we're going to let people know about what God has done for us. 63 and verse 17. Sorry, verse 7. <clears throat> and Isaiah says, I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindness. Now, how many things here does Isaiah, how many things is Isaiah thankful for? Well, he's thankful for the love. He's thankful for the kindness of God. He's thankful for uh, the great goodness and the blessings that have been bestowed upon the house of Israel. He's thankful for the mercies how many things have we got to be thankful for? You know, we've been singing that hymn this morning. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Name them one by one. And if we're a thankful people for what God has done for us, we have a duty to let other people know. You know, when something great has happened to you, don't you feel inside that you just want to, you just want to tell somebody and you just, you're so thankful? For, what some, uh, for something that's happened to you. Psalm 26 and verse 7, the psalmist says, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. You know, if we had A4 paper here, we wouldn't be able to have, we wouldn't, we, we, we would fill this thousands of times, the things that we have got to be thankful for to God. Telling your testimony, it recounts God's blessings. Keeping quiet, I would say, shows the opposite. If we keep it to ourselves and we keep quiet about 
God's goodness, his love, his blessings for us. If we keep quiet about those things, maybe we're not really as thankful as what we should be to him. Number five, telling your testimony, it bursts forth from an inward fire. Now, Jeremiah spoke about this. Just turn to Jeremiah chapter 20, the next prophet in your Bible, the next book in your Bible. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9. And you know, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And uh, if anyone had a reason to keep quiet, if anyone had a reason to have an excuse to not be thankful to God for his mercies, who would be Jeremiah being thrown down a pit? Yeah. Well, let's have a look what Jeremiah says in verse 9. He says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. And you know, doesn't that happen? Maybe sometimes something bad has happened in our lives and we feel, oh, I'm not going to make mention of his name anymore. If that's what happens to you when you say, tell people that you become a Christian, I'm going to keep quiet about it. That's, that's what Jeremiah was saying here. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. And then it says, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. So there was something inside Jeremiah that just could not keep quiet. And it was his word. And he says that his word was in his heart as a burning fire. And it was that deep that it was also in his bones. And he had to speak out. He says, and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. You remember what Paul the Apostle said? He said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Woe unto me. I wonder, is God's word, is it a fire in our hearts this morning? When was the last time that we had a quiet time and we read a chapter of the Bible? Is God's word, is it, is it like a fire within your heart this morning? Can you say with all honesty that you love God's word and you spend time in it? Is it, is it like a fire in, in your heart? If it is, wow, you won't be able to keep it quiet. You know, a few weeks ago I was, um, I was walking my, uh, my dog after I finished work. My brother telephoned me and he gave me some news. He told me that he was, he was going to get married. And, um, you know, I thought that was, that was great news. And I know the, the lady very well who, who he's, um, he's getting married to. And she's a lovely lady. And, um, you know, he said he was going to get married this year in June. And, you know, when I was walking my dog, I just felt like I wanted to just let it out. And I didn't want you just to tell somebody that my brother was getting married. And when I got home and opened the door, that's the first thing that I told Angelica when I got in. You know what's happened? It's like a fire in me. I just needed to tell somebody. My brother's getting married. How much more should God's word be like that within our hearts? Telling your testimony bursts forth from an inward fire. Maybe this morning we need that fire that we once had. Maybe we need it rekindling. You know, we just had a conference, haven't we? And Carl was just praying before about not forgetting what we've heard. You know, God has spoken to us in this meeting and we have to act upon what he's, what, what he's been teaching us and what God has, has been speaking to us personally about. Don't let it just be forgotten about and, you know, until next year. What God has spoken to you, act upon. Maybe... We've lost our fire. Maybe we've lost our first love. Maybe that fire needs to be rekindled here this morning. Maybe you need to rededicate your Christian life to God. Um, you know, I don't want to uh, embarrass anybody here, but, you know, there's somebody here in our congregation who I believe has really dealt with, been dealt with by God, even in this last, this last six months or so. And what a change. And it's great. And this... This is God, you know, and God's word now is, is like a fire within. Or have you decided not to make mention of him 
nor to speak in his name anymore. I just hope that that isn't the case this morning, if you're a Christian. If it is, you need to get down on your knees and you need to have that fire rekindled within. Number six, telling your testimony is an evidence of being filled by the Holy Ghost. Remember the early apostles, the disciples? Remember, they just, keep, they just could not keep quiet. And you know that in those days, as we we're thinking this morning, that if you spoke out and you told somebody you were a Christian, you were putting your life upon the line. In fact, you probably end up in an amphitheater facing a lion. Okay, a sport. Yeah? So to tell somebody you were a Christian in those days really meant something. Well, let's just see the testimony that the early disciples had. Acts in chapter, chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and verse 4. <clears throat> and this is the, if you like, uh, the early days of the church. And, uh, you know, it's no different today. God is, not, is no different. You know, we should have the same uh, kind of uh, feeling of the, the Holy Spirit, the same kind of fire. Chapter 2 and verse 4, we read these words, and it says, And they... This is the disciples. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Now, I don't want to get into what these tongues were, how they were speaking in tongues, but I believe that these tongues that they were speaking of were clear, understandable languages. Why? Because we go on to read, and it says, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it says, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And it says, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? In verse 8, and how we hear, we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. And it goes on and it lists uh, these people here that were uh, in Jerusalem, it speaks about the Cretes and the Arabians in verse 11, and it says that we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. But notice in verse 4 that telling their testimonies was an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. You know that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is a witness who dwells inside of you if you're a Christian here this morning, okay? And the Bible says that it's possible for us to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I believe that one of the reasons or one of the ways that the Holy Spirit of God is grieved is when we keep quiet. When we keep quiet about what God has done for us. The Holy Spirit wants to speak. He wants to witness. He wants to declare the glory of God. Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, we read these words, and it says, <clears throat> and uh, this is the, the story of uh, Peter and John. Remember when they had healed that lame man at the gates of the temple? And, um, you know, all Jerusalem was amazed at, at what had happened. And uh, it says um, in verse 32, it says, and this is Peter and John speaking, or Peter, and he says, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. So we see here that we are his witnesses, but yeah, it says also that so is also the Holy Ghost the one that has been given to those that obey him, the ones that have accepted Jesus Christ as their saviour. He is here within, and he wants to speak. I wonder this morning, do we, do we grieve the Holy Spirit within? Do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Only you can answer that question for yourselves. I... Maybe you're thinking this morning, who, who is he to judge? Well, I'm nobody to judge you. It's God's word that we need to be judged by. This is, this is, this is what we will, we, we, we will be judged by. This is what we will be reckoned by as individuals. It 
seven, number seven, telling your testimony should be something that's done without shame and without fear. Okay? Telling your testimony should be done without shame and fear. Now, sometimes this is uh, quite difficult to avoid shame and fear because these are natural feelings that we have, okay, in the flesh, in, in the natural person. And um, whoever we are, okay, we're going to have these feelings sometimes. Um, let's just have a look at what Paul said to Timothy. Chapter 2, Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8. And uh, Paul says to Timothy, he says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And this is one of the reasons why I believe that many of us, we, we feel it difficult to testify and to tell other people about Jesus. It's because we're ashamed of maybe what other people are going to think about us, what other people are going to say. Maybe at school or maybe in the workplace, maybe our families, and we're a little bit fearful, we're a little bit ashamed of what people might say about us. Paul says to Timothy, he says, look, he says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Okay? You know, I, I believe that this is um, to be ashamed of telling people of, of the Lord, Jesus. I believe that this is pride. Okay? I can prove this from the word of God, but it's pride. And what is pride? Pride is basically putting yourself before God. The Bible says that we need to put God first in our lives. And if we put God first in our lives, what happens to us will come second. And I was speaking before about these uh, secret Orthodox believers. Now there's a good verse to be found in uh, the Gospel of John. Chapter 12, and uh, you know, <clears throat> some people say that uh, if people keep quiet about the law, that's an evidence that they are not believers. But I don't think that that is strictly uh, what the Scriptures teach, because we'll see here that there were some religious Jews in Jerusalem that believed, but they kept their faith quiet. Uh, John chapter 12 and verse 43 Sorry, verse 42, he says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Why? Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So we see here very clearly that these chief rulers, yeah, they believed on him, we're taught in verse 22, why, but because, why didn't they speak? But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. <laughs> yeah? What it was going to mean for them, their, their, their position, how, how, how they would look to other people. And you know, it's the same with us sometimes. We feel ashamed of speaking openly about the Lord because of what it might mean to us, how we may be looked upon by other people. But this is pride. This is putting ourselves before God, before his will. If, before speaking for our Lord, we're, we're putting ourselves, our fears first. Luke chapter 9 and verse 26, Jesus says, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. I wonder this morning, how many of us here would like to be ashamed before the Son of Man? I, I wouldn't. But if we're ashamed to speak of him, the Bible says that he will be ashamed of us. He doesn't want to be ashamed. The Bible says, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 speaks about fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And, you know, these people here in these early times, they, they, they knew uh, what fear, the fear of man uh, would be, 
They experienced it more than many of us will, will probably ever experience it. But it says here in verse 8, um, chapter 1, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of, his, of me his prisoner. And then it says, But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And then he goes on to speak about uh, those who have been saved. And uh, the Bible does speak about the, that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Okay? He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace and of power and of a sound mind. You know, this is not um, a theological answer, but do you know what the answer is basically for fear? The answer is this, putting God first. Put God first, okay? Put God first. Eight, number eight, telling your testimony is also, it's an outgrowth of faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, we read these words. Paul says that we, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, and then he says, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believed and therefore speak. And Paul here is saying that, that we that have the spirit of faith have believed and therefore we speak. We believe and therefore we have spoken. And it's an outgrowth of faith. You know, it's a healthy sign that you are growing in faith when you're able to testify about what Jesus has done for you. It's a healthy sign. You know, somebody once said that when we grow inward, we will also grow outward. Yeah? When we grow inward in our faith, then we will grow outward and it will show outwardly. And we will go out and we will tell people about what the Lord's done for us. Number nine, and this is the last one this morning. Telling your testimony, it brings victory over the devil. Okay? The devil doesn't like uh, this verse, but we just look in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. <clears throat> and it says here that, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. This is how we overcome the devil. We have overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by what Jesus Christ has done on that cross for us. Yeah? We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear a lost eternity. We don't even have to fear in this life because we've got one who's greater, who can deliver us. We're not in the, in the arms or in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the lap, if you like, of the evil one anymore. We're in God's protection, God's hands. And it says here, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, and it goes on to say, and by the word of their testimony. Okay? So this is how they were over, able to overcome the devil, by the blood of the lamb, but also by the word of their testimony. And you know that the word of your testimony can be very powerful. If that testimony can save another soul, do you know that that's a victory over the devil? It is. And do you know that that is the greatest victory that you can experience as a Christian? You can experience many great victories, personal victories over Satan in your life, but do you know that that would be the greatest victory when you win one lost soul to Jesus Christ? The Bible says that the angels, they start... They start praising and singing. And the lost one comes to know Jesus Christ. Have you ever, I wonder, have you ever felt a sense of uh, victory? You know, when you've been praying, maybe for a, a relative, maybe for someone at work, and you've been praying for an opportunity to speak to them. And suddenly the Lord just opens that door. And one day you're able to, to, to tell somebody about Jesus who you never thought you'd have that opportunity. Uh, have you ever felt that sense of victory, that sense of joy, that you've been able to speak about the Lord to them? 
know, I felt, I felt that sense of victory quite a few times. And it, I tell you, there, there are not many things in the Christian life that can beat it. You really feel a sense of achievement, a sense of victory. You've had a, a victory over the devil who's, who's kept this news quiet for, for, for this length of time. And suddenly they hear about the Lord and what, what he's done for you. Well, those are just nine uh, things to think upon this morning about telling your testimony. And um, just an encouragement and a challenge for each and every one of us here that we need to be more involved in telling our testimonies. And, you know, the opportunities that, that, that come and, and we're able to, to partake in different ways of telling, we, we need to take these opportunities while we have them. There may come a time, yeah, when we're not able to do some of these things. But while we have them, we need to take them. Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you uh, for what we've heard this morning, Lord, from your word. We thank you for um, the encouragement for the challenge, Lord, even for the rebukes that, um, that we have, Lord, in your word this morning. And each and every one of us, dear Lord, can probably say that we have not done as much as what we could have done. And Lord, we need to look uh, into our own lives as individuals, as, a, as Christians, and we need to examine ourselves. And we need to ask ourselves, have we done all we can do? when it comes to telling our testimonies. Dear Lord, help us to be a people. Help us to be a church that is more engaged in this work. But we know, dear Lord, there will be one day where we will not be able to tell our testimonies anymore to the lost people. Lord, we just thank you that for the days that we have, for the, for the grace that you offer. And we just pray, dear Lord, that we will be a people that will remember to, to tell our testimonies and to be able to pray as well, to ask you for those opportunities, for those open doors to come for us. We just pray that we can, as a church, do all that we can, even in this, uh, this remaining uh, year, to be a witness for you. And we'll give you all the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.